Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Thank you for being here as always. Thanks for listening. It's uh, it's very much appreciated. Another week has gone by. It's uh, another Friday, just a, a regular, plain old Friday. Nothing, nothing strange or startling happening in my world. Anyway, I can tell you that much for free. Went to the gym today for the first time in... I don't know, quite a while, uh, because I haven't been a member of a gym for ages, but I joined the gym. I joined the gym, and I went for a run today. I've been doing some running outside, you know, on the streets and all that kind of stuff, but I don't like the cold. don't like the cold. I quite like running in the summer. Well, that's a bit of a lie. I hate running, but I hate it less in the summer. I think that's that's where I'm going with this, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to trying to keep myself in shape. You know, I'm not a young man anymore, 45 years of age. I've got, you know, I've got to look after myself. And, you know, I like to eat and I like to to have the odd pint. And I think you've got to, you've got to balance the two these days as you get a bit older. So I I went to the gym, did some running and I, you know, I've been having an abstemious January, one of those, you know, uh, not quite dry January things, but certainly no midweek drinking, for example, no drinking on school nights. So it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're clear-headed. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to focus on. There's work and projects and plans and all those things. And they're great. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're much more alert during the day when you haven't even had just maybe even just a couple of glasses of wine in the evening. It, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. But something weird is going on in that I'm, I'm dreaming like an absolute bastard. Every single night, I'm I'm plunged into these epic cinemascope 
like 35 millimeter film dreams. I can't explain it. They're long, they're sprawling, they have a cohesive narrative all the way through. I can even wake up at certain points and go back to sleep and pick up the same dreams. I dreamt the other night I, I had a, an ice hockey team. I was the manager of an ice hockey team and we needed to get, I can't remember exactly, but we needed to get advice from this guy who was the ice hockey guru. He knew everything about ice hockey. So we went to wherever it was he lived. He lived in a castle or a lair or something like that. And he turned out to be a baddie and I had to, I had to bash him to death with an ice hockey stick. And they're so active, these dreams. I'm always doing stuff. There's not like, I'm not just dreaming about sitting in a chair in front of a fire or anything. I'm doing stuff. I'm playing sports. I'm going places. I'm flying and swimming. And I'm fucking knackered. Every morning that I wake up, I'm exhausted because I've been doing so much in my dream. Is this normal? Am I alone here? Has anybody else experienced this phenomenon that when you stop drinking during the week, your head becomes clear? Is this normal? Is this, is this the way it should be all the time? Is this what it's like for people who, let's say, were alcoholics and get sober and never drink again? Do they, do they dream like complete lunatics for the rest of their lives? I don't know if I can take it. It's so, like, involved. There's so much going on all the time in my head. And it's tiring as well. You know, you feel like, okay, I do feel better during the day, but, you know, that first thing when you wake up, it's like, oh, my God, I can't. I've been running around all night. I've hardly slept, I, you know. So if anybody else has experienced this phenomenon, you know, let me know. Um, you know, you can get me on Twitter at arseblog, or you can leave a, uh, I don't know, a comment on the arses. You know, there's a ways and means. I hope it's not just me. And quite unusually, considering I do normally dream about Arsenal a bit, um, fairly regularly, usually very strange dreams about players or the club or situations that we find ourselves in. Oh, I just pressed Siri. Fuck off. There's no need to swear at me. Hmm, isn't there? I don't notice you fucking off anyway. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Arsenal dream. I haven't had any. haven't had any Arsenal dreams. It's very odd. Very odd. But anyway, look, I'm coping. I'm doing okay. And, you know, I'm sure there's probably a support group out there for people who are drinking less and dreaming more. There's got to be support groups for everything these days, which is great because people need support. There are so many different problems that we all have these days. As the world becomes more uh, technological and connected, we have different things where we never thought we'd have to worry about. And they do say a problem shared is a problem halved. We'll see now tonight whether that's true. If I have half as many dreams tonight as I did last night, I'm not bashing people to death with sports rackets and bats and stuff. Although that in itself wouldn't be a bad thing. It depends who you're killing, you know. But anyway, anyway. Anyway, look, today on the show, we're going to be talking to uh, Tayo Papula, shooting the Arsenal breeze with him. And we'll also be talking to uh, a man who's got a great photography project going on about Arsenal. You've probably seen him around, but we'll uh, we'll bring you him now in a few moments' time. Uh, Arsene Wenger had his press conference yesterday. And I have to say, even more than usual, the questions were unbelievably banal and stupid. One of the questions was, right, this is, you know, you're in a press conference. You have the chance to ask Arsene Wenger anything you want. And he says to him, I'm paraphrasing here very slightly, how important is it not to drop points to Burnley? And you're thinking, really? That's what you came up with. 
So, Arson, how important is it to you not to be eaten by a bear? Yeah, pretty, pretty important, I would say. Uh, not really into the whole being eaten by a bear thing. It's uh, probably very painful. Uh, I'm not sure they kill you that quickly. I mean, look at that film with Leonardo da Vinci. No, Leonardo DiCaprio. He would have been better. Leonardo da Vinci would have been better. That one about the bear, where the bear had the opportunity to put us out of our misery. About 20 minutes into the film, the bear could have ended it. Could have just done it, you know, chomp Leonardo's head. That's it. It's done and dusted. But no, the bear had to play with his food and, you know, wound him and maim him and stuff like that and gave him the chance to kill the bear and then wander around with a big fucking bearskin on his back getting more hurt and soaking wet and then getting dry and sitting in front of a fire going so cold and then getting wet again and then getting hurt again and it was like jesus bear you fucking asshole i think i might have lost my point but basically what i was saying was uh, you know if you asked arson wenger would it be good to avoid being eaten by a bear he would say yes it would be good to avoid being eaten by a bear in the same way that if you ask him how important is it to not drop points to burnley on sunday he would say yes it's it's important not to do that because it's so fucking blindingly obvious however there was a good moment I thought, in the press conference between Arsene Wenger and James Olley from the Evening Standard, um, which went a bit like this. Might as well play the audio because it's good. Without going to, to, to Sanchez and Ozil and all of that again, it, how much? You can, you can. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> Is there an update on those two? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, that. And then uh, shortly afterwards, somebody asked him, uh, hey, Arsene, how important is it to you personally that you don't get shot in the belly with a harpoon? And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's pre- pretty important because uh, like the bear thing, that'd be quite painful. And then my guts, my intestines could all spill out. And that's it's really difficult to get them all back in. If that happens, you, you, you die slowly and in terrible, terrible pain. So, yeah, no harpoons. Thanks. Thanks, he said, yeah. Anyway, we shall move on with the show. And uh, first guest today is a man whose work you've probably seen if you followed the Arscast Extra, the Arscast Extra live shows. Uh, some of the pictures that we've uh, used from those were taken by this man, Jason Ilagan. Hello there. How are you? Andrew, I'm good, mate. It's good to be with you. Uh, good to have you on. Um, and you, you of course, uh, run a project called Humans of the Arsenal, which we're going to talk about now in, in just a moment. But let's uh, let's try and figure out um, what what's your Arsenal connection, because uh, obviously you're not from uh, Islington, you're not from North London, you're from a bit further away than that. So what what was what was it that made you an Arsenal fan? I guess we'd have to go back to 1999. Um, so I, I grew up, uh, you know, in Western Sydney and Western Sydney sort of has a big sort of rugby league sort of culture, big rugby league background. So I was kind of raised on that. But mm. I, um, I watched um, the, there's an Australian broadcaster called SBS. Um, now, their uh, sort of programming is called, sort of catered towards multicultural audiences and soccer well, football, of course, um, was one of their sort of mainstays and. Um, I was a teenager at the time, and in terms of trying to keep up, uh, you know, keep up to date with things going on with, uh, you know, the Premier League, it was kind of hard to come by, mm. um, uh, notwithstanding the Australian media's attitude to football. But SBS, um, every weekend, they took in a Premier League highlight show. I think it was probably produced in the UK and then sort of syndicated worldwide. Now, um, uh, back in '99, um, there was a particular match that um, 
that I think made me Arsenal. And it just happened to be the match where Kanu got that hat-trick against Chelsea, you know, so oh. <laughs> Kanu 3, Chelsea 2. And and just watching that moment, I just felt really drawn to the team and and, and, and just the passion and, of course, the style of play. And then, um, you know, uh, many years later, to cut the long story short, um, I now live in London. I live in Islington and I live in Highbury. Right. So you, you got absolutely speared through the heart and brought right to uh, right to the door of, of where Arsenal exist. And, uh, exactly. I mean, what what, a, what an introduction that game was. I mean, um, yeah, that should probably sum up a lot of what supporting Arsenal is about, actually, uh, yeah. and, and a brilliant game. So you're, you're, you're in London now, but I, I'm, in terms of your own work, are you a professional photographer? Is that your, that's your business? It's not my it's not my day job, uh, to be honest, Um, but my background is in photography. So back in Sydney, um, I was an entertainment and music photojournalist. Um, I worked for a radio station there. Paparazzi. Are you basically saying you're paparazzi? No, no, it was all, it was all above board. I wasn't hiding in bushes or, or you know, chasing celebrities down the street. That wasn't my game. Okay, I was, okay. you know, properly accredited and all that sort of stuff. So I shot a lot of concerts, red carpets, um, things like that. Did the odd celebrity interview. So that's where my background in photography kind of uh, sort of started. Mm. So um, I, I'm guessing that the project itself was obviously inspired by was it Humans of New York that was the the original. Yeah, so, um, yes, Humans of New York, uh, I've been following um, the, the fellas' work for quite a long time. And although the idea isn't quite unique, um, I find that the stories that I do come across and the people I talk to are, of course, unique. You know, everyone's got their own Arsenal story. And, mm. and that's what I think is beautiful about, um, about this project. Mm. So, I mean, if people haven't seen it, what you do is you take pictures of Arsenal fans and talk to them for a few minutes and then you post up the pictures um, with a little bit of a, a snippet about what Arsenal means to them or what the Arsenal connection is or or, or just something that, uh, that that crops up in the conversation that kind of sums up what they're about in terms of them and Arsenal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, 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 the people I speak to, you know, um, I sort of retell... The- um, I ensure that they that their story is sort of retold verbatim. Mm. Um, I, you know, I don't want to mince any of their words. I don't want to add sort of any, um, you know, commentary around it. I just want raw stories about the Arsenal and just put it out there for for you know other Arsenal fans, um, especially international Arsenal fans, to get a, an appreciation of what you know what it means to be either you know a, a local living in Islington or, or in the UK or an Arsenal fan from overseas who has you know made that once in a lifetime pilgrimage to the Emirates you know to watch their first Arsenal match yeah I mean I think that's what's really interesting about it is that you do have this mix of I mean obviously when you've got 60,000 people walking into a stadium on a Saturday at three o'clock assuming that that's when a game is taking place you've mm-hmm. got people of all ages all uh, shapes and sizes they're coming from all over the world whether they you know they're local from just down the road or whether they're from the far side of the world as you say um, yeah. and that's what makes it really interesting is that despite the huge differences between all of these people this one thing has has brought them together that's right yeah um, and it uh, I don't know what else to say about it but um, yeah uh, Arsenal fans uh, you know, the, the, the many that I tried to speak to do have a unique story, like, you know, what drew them to the club. Um, I also, you know, try and talk to them about, you know, their favorite memories or their not-so-favorite memories. So, mm. you know, it's it's not always positive, but um, that's the kind of stuff I, I do want to draw out. Like, you know, it's not just about what happens on the field. I do want to find out what their interactions are like with the club, um, you know, outside of the stadium. Sure, sure. Are, are there any, like, over the years that have really stuck out? 
Um, I actually had a little think about this. I was just scrolling through the Instagram feed um, earlier today, and um, what, um, one picture I was particularly drawn to was um, so it was the 2014 FA Cup final. Um, I went down to Wembley and spoke to a few Arsenal fans along Wembley Way, and I came across this gentleman and. Um, we ended up talking about um, a song that is traditionally pe- played at FA Cup finals called Abide With Me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gentleman, um, he mentioned that um, the song meant to him more that year than it ever did in previous years because he lost his father earlier that year. And the song, and, and he was looking forward to hearing the song because it, you know, it, it made him think about his father and that particular song ended up being played at his funeral. So it was a very brief interview, but mm. just, just those words just um, sort of left a lasting impact on me because, you know, um, it was a very special occasion for this gentleman, but probably, you know, uh, with a little tinge of sadness. Yeah, a little bit bittersweet. And it could yeah. have been a, a lot more bitter had we not done what we did on the day of, of that particular final. Um, it, looked a bit, it looked a little bit hairy there for a while. So when you're taking the pictures, do you... I mean, you obviously take more pictures than you use. Um, you you probably know to an extent what what sort of uh, what you're going to take from the conversation. I would imagine you're going to say, "Oh, well, that was an interesting snippet. I'll take that." But how do you sort of um, decide which which image you're going to use? Is it just your own eye on 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 which one you think is the best, or are there some are there some that you know you just think, "Oh God, I've got to use that one." That's that's there's something quite nice or unique about that image. Yeah, it's a mixture of all those circumstances, Andrew. Um, I I guess when I'm taking photographs of uh, of the people I speak to, um, I am chatting to them um, as I photograph. So, um, you know, and then then when I come back to the sort of, uh, and then when I take a look at the photos that I've, um, that I've shot, you know, I I try to match up what I've, um, uh, I'm I'm also listening to the interview at the same time as I'm, uh, because I record all the interviews, um, Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, I record, I record all my chats with all the people I speak to. Yeah, um, and then so whilst I'm sort of going through the photos that I've taken, I am listening to the interview at the same time. So, the, the um, so the ideally the aim is to try and find the photo that kind of matches the the tone of the conversation because you know as they say, um, you know, a, a picture you know tells a thousand words, but yeah. um, but then you know I've got the picture and then I've got the words, but so it, it's trying to strike that balance. Sure. Um, it's not an exact science, but that's what I try to do with each uh, with, with each post that I put. Mm. And I mean, it's been going a good uh, couple of years now. How long mm. is it exactly? Two or three years at least. Yeah, I started uh, August twenty fourteen. Right. Okay. And, and has anything surprised you? I mean, I, I assume having been aware of humans of New York and seeing the full gamut of the human experience in in that you know enormous, brilliant city, you were expecting something like that from an Arsenal point of view. But is there anything that sort of surprised you over the years? Um, I'm surprised with, um, the, the sort of the reach that the project has had internationally. So, um, you know, uh, on a particular match day, um, you know, I either hop into an Arsenal pub or, or one of the supporters club buildings and, um, you know, as someone overhears that, you know, humans of the Arsenal is in the building, um, uh, you know, I get I get a few people flock over to me and say, you know, I'm from Texas, and you know, I I, I love your post. So the international reach has been great, and um, and and I guess another great thing is that I um, the, the project has sort of um, taken a wonderful turn where I now get to shoot the odd Arsenal ladies match. Um, and last year I was 
last year I was fortunate to shoot a couple of the first team matches. Um, so uh, there were a couple of matches at the Emirates uh, for the EFL Cup. And, mm. um, I was uh, very lucky enough to be given accreditation for that. So um, I- I'm shooting matches and I'm shooting um, Arsenal fans and it's just been an absolute blessing. Excellent. Living the dream in a way because, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing when a hobby, something that you don't necessarily think is going to take you in a direction, opens opens these doors for you. So look, to just uh, finally tell people where they can see what it is that you do. And is there a way as well that if someone, I don't know, maybe this is me just talking off the top of my head, but if somebody's got like a, you know, an Arsenal birthday party, you know, and they've got good stories, can they get in touch with you? Is that something you do? Or do you just tend to focus it around matches? Um, I, I tend to focus it around matches, but um, I, I have covered a couple of Arsenal sort of related events. So, mm. um, uh, off the top of my head, um, I got invited to event, uh, an event where I spoke to Sol Campbell and um, took his portrait and had a wonderful uh, chat with him about, you know, the Invincibles, um, how he wants to be remembered, that sort of stuff. I've also um, worked uh, with the Gay Gooners. Um, uh, I, I walked with them during London Pride and got their stories about what it was like to be an Arsenal fan. Um, uh, and I also, uh, I was also in Los Angeles last year for, for a holiday and um, I dropped the LA Gooners a line and um, I ended up uh, watching the final match of last season with them and we were all having a laugh at Tottenham. Oh, and wow. And then afterwards... <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that was fun. That Was that down in the uh, Fox and Hound? That, that's right, yeah. So um, I, I, I met a wonderful group of people there. They had time for me. Um, we had a good chat afterwards, had a couple of early morning beers. <laughs> um, and, and, then, um, and then one of them was kind enough to drive me back to my hotel through you know, through the network of clogged LA highways. So, um, you know, it's just been a blessing. I've been very lucky to have been able to embark on this project and and have it so warmly received by the Arsenal fan base. All right. So, look, the website is humansofthearsenal.com. Uh, the uh, the Instagram, at Humans of the Arsenal. And if you just Google Humans of the Arsenal, you find uh, all the details. Jason, uh, continue good luck with it. It's great work. And uh, long may it last. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, mate. If you haven't seen it, you know where to find it now. Humansofthearsenal.com on Twitter and Instagram, at Humans of the Arsenal. And it's well worth uh, going through the archives, looking at the pictures, reading the stories. And you might see one or two of uh, Ars blog and Gunnar blog and some of the Arscast uh, extras lives that we did down the year so uh, make sure you check it out and thanks very much indeed to jason as well there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Now, we're going to go from one guest straight to another. Let's talk a bit of football. Let's talk a bit of Theo Walcott. Talk a bit of Alex Iwobi and lots more with Tayo Papula. Hello. Hi, pal. How are you? I am all right. How are you doing? How are you, how are you feeling at this moment in time? At this very moment in time? Yeah. The sun's well, out. Yeah. The sun's out. It's very cold. Um, I am torn between my two loves which is talking to you about football mm. and writing an article about a nigerian musician called william onyebo who died yesterday so, mm. uh, and i'm doing it from my um i imagine you've got a favorite seat you know what i mean you know like like the freelancer's seat you know i've, yeah. got, I've got the sun coming in a window i'm in i'm in my i'm in my favored position so um right so, uh, so yeah, so, so far, so good. Yeah, oh, well, that's good. I, I kind of have an office with just one seat that points in the one direction, which is straight at my computer. You know, I don't have the luxury of choosing where it is I sit when I work, I guess. But, hey. I've got Thierry, I've got a picture of, I've just I've flipped around in my chair, and I've got one of, um, is it 11 Cannons? Um, oh, yeah. One of his pictures of uh, Patrick Vieira behind me. And I've got a painting of Thierry on his way down towards uh, the clock end to slide on his knees oh, in front of the Spurs fans. That's a nice so, view. Um, that's a nice I've got down to my left, I've got a picture of Thierry Henry and Robert Perez, signed by Robert Perez and Thierry Henry. Oh, s- stop it. Oh, yeah, but like coming over the top of them is uh, Ashley Cole. So that, <laughs> I've, I've, I've often thought about putting just a little bit of sellotape or, you know, some, some masking tape over that, but I just figure, no, I'll leave it. The other two kind of cancel it out, you know. <laughs> Too good, one bad. No, Absolutely. Speaking of, um, you know, previous uh, Arsenal guys, have you seen the uh, the Adi Bayor stuff that's uh, that's around today? He said he does. <laughs> <laughs> I just read the headline. Is it Adi Bayor doesn't know why people dislike him? Yeah, he <laughs> he says. Um, let me see if I can if I can bring this up here. Bum bum bum. Here it is. Uh, he says, I'm a lucky guy because I've got good genes. 
That's what he says. And then he says, I have a bad reputation in England, and I don't know why. Maybe it's something that has just followed me. But one thing I always say is that 90% of the people I've played with would say, I'm an amazing guy, a great teammate. Other people, those who work on the gate at the stadium, will tell you, I'm a humble guy and a nice person, but the press will say what they want. And in my career, I've been unfortunate enough to have a lot of negativity. Journalists say... Well, Emmanuel... (laughs) Well, Emmanuel, it's it's the the humble bit doesn't come into it if you start telling everyone what an amazing guy you are and what great genes you have. Exactly. I I mean, I think I think it's 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 long gone now. But I think I mean we're all tinged. I remember at the time we're all tinged with regret with Adibayo because he could have been so good. I mean, when you were watching Mm. when you were watching Drogba make such a mess of us and everyone else over over um, Chelsea, you just thought. With the right, with with even half of Drogba's attitude, we had that. I mean, the, the, do you remember how he used to? He used to sort of leap and take the ball down in the air on his chest. I mean, he had it all, mm. and he could do. Um, you know, being um, you know playing for Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, then he clearly the times when you'd see him out on the left wing because that's where everybody goes at one point, <laughs> especially when Thierry, you know, especially when Thierry was still in the team. There was that quite famous goal, so famous I can't remember who, um, who it was against, but Adebayo just muscling someone off the ball on the left before playing Thierry in. And you just thought, this was, this is the sorcerer and his apprentice. And, yeah. it, and it really could have been another way. But, but equally, you have to understand that this is a, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a guy from, you know, this is a guy from a, you know, pretty difficult background mm. who, who, who doesn't support Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we did. We did. And we can, I always just say this about Samir Nasri as well. It's like, we support Arsenal, so we get angry. But they don't. And mm. if you do stop for a moment, you can sort of understand it. But the laws of football mean that you don't have to understand it. And then any sympathy goes out the window when he runs the length of the pitch to slide in front of his, on his knees in front of us. In, in hindsight, though, that, that's <laughs> it was so ridiculously unnecessary and petty. I quite like it. You, I know what you mean. You know, like Nasri, I could never warm to at all. I, I would have no uh, warm feelings towards Nasri at all uh, but Adi Bayor you know despite the fact he was uh, a massive cock at times yeah. he did provide us with some moments I mean that goal that he scored uh, I think it was at White Hart Lane wasn't it against Tottenham I think we won loads that day 4-5-0 yeah, oh. I mean that goal where he just took it yeah. down and volleyed it in yeah I think you're yeah. right there, there should be a tinge of regret but you know you look at it if a guy like Arsene Wenger can't get his head right then nobody else has got any yeah. chance of doing it and I know, and the other thing as well about him is, is that that goal against us um, when he went running at the other end of the pitch because I wasn't there. I mean, anyone who was there will tell you differently. I, mm. I imagine, but you sort of look at it and you just go, <laughs> "Fuck's sake!" Yeah, it's it's almost. Do you know what I mean? You can almost enjoy it. I sometimes, I sometimes when I'm at the ground watch the other fans celebrating like with such joy and you just think you've still got to enjoy that feeling even if it happens against you do you know what I mean sure. does that make sense it's sort of like sort that of part d- of football is just like <laughs> oh my god well, yeah kinda. I would love that to happen kind of I mean I, I can watch the opposition fans uh, celebrating if they score like a consolation goal beyond that yeah, I, yeah. I, I sort of want to set fire to their end of the pitch when I see them having a good time but that you know that that could just be me so how, how are you feeling about things in in general you look at the table and obviously that gap to Chelsea is there 
Uh, and that that looks a, a fairly uh, ominous gap, of course, given the, the run of form that they went on. But but everyone's talking up Tottenham. Everyone's talking up Liverpool and saying how great they are. And we're only a point behind. Yeah, look, we've been here. We've we we we've we've been here so many times, and and you know, twenty four hour news is what it is. So that if Tottenham are doing what they're doing, then they're title contenders. Mm. And like you say, they're one point ahead of us, and um, and we're not, and we're suddenly completely out of it. And by the way, we finished above them every season since nineteen ninety five. So mm. please remember that. It's. <laughs> I can only worry about it from an Arsenal point of view, um, by, by which I mean I enjoyed last weekend. You know, it's good to see it's good to see Man City dropping points. It was good to see um, Liverpool and Man United dropping points on us. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know we matched the tiny tots result, albeit they. Um, and that, there's another example of what you're saying, Andrew. It's like okay, they won four 0 and they played very well against West Brom. Well done. Um, but we also won 4-0 and we didn't play very well. And you can just imagine the narrative flip the other way around. Oh, well, well, they beat West Brom 4-0 at home. They're supposed to. That'll be us. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tottenham would go to a tricky away tie at Swansea um, under a, a relatively new manager and not play well, but still manage to run out 4-0 winners. Do you see what you know, the narrative yeah. changes yeah. on who you're talking to. So I can't get... I, I, I stopped listening or getting excited about that anymore. Yeah. Um, the the gap to Chelsea is the gap to Chelsea and that's the only thing that's kind of worth considering. We will come, I mean, call it misplaced optimism, we'll come first or second this season, um, I think. Right. Um, can we catch Can we catch Chelsea? Um, it looks unlikely. Any more turmoil and any more messing around from, from, from Costa can only help. I'm enjoying that. Please, 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 um, please, 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 please. Please go, please go, please go, please go <laughs> to Shenua, whoever. Please or go. Or no, no, don't, do don't go. Just stay and be a, an absolute cunt and disrupt everything and be, <laughs> you know, make the Chelsea training ground a worse place than it was when John Terry was riding all the players' wives and stuff. Yeah, well, do you know what? It's like, I'm, I'm not sure when we're playing them. February 4th. I have, February, you are very sure when we're playing. Mm. Um, it's etched in my mind. Yeah. Ask me after that whether we can still win the league because it's either we've, you know, um, a result there, call it stupid optimism, but a result there and and here we are again, you know. Um, yeah. I'm, it's not over with yet. It feels a bit, we're just going to carry on being, it's, we're going to carry on being written off and, 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 and so on. But if, if we can get our players back fit, if we can slightly sort out that kind of conundrum up front, which has sort of come out of, I seem to have look away for a moment and um, things seem to have got a little bit disjointed up front, not least because of Walcott's injury. If we can hit a run of form again, mm. then then I'm not, I'm not despairing yet. Mm. Th- Theo uh, has been missing since December the 21st, since the, the game against Manchester City. Since, in fact... He won a coffee machine from his good lady wife. Anything we can draw from that? I don't know if, co- if Theo knows how to use a coffee machine. <laughs> I don't know if Theo should be allowed coffee. Children do, do shouldn't you, be allowed. You know, <laughs> do you reckon he got an actual coffee machine, like where you have to grind the beans and all that kind of stuff? Or was it was it an espresso machine? One of those just pop in the, the fairly tasteless capsule of whatever, and away we go. I, I Yeah, I... I mean, can you, I can't see Theo doing anything more than scooping two cups of two, two teaspoons of Nescafe in. I think it's sitting there. 
used. I think he's using it currently as a foam. I think he's probably using it as a foam roller. Do you know what I mean? He's rolling his thigh <laughs> injury across it, and it's still in its packet. I don't think that's really a problem. I think the fact that he's not. I think the fact that he's. Um, I think the fact that he's not playing. Uh, I know. Um, he he looks. He did this when he was injured for a long after the Spurs game, but mm. Theo looks great when he's not playing, doesn't he? <laughs> Theo he comes he comes out of it really well when he's not playing, and and it's probably you know, and it's it's fair to say we've missed him. I mean, he was in much better form this time than last time mm. um, when he went missing for ages. But it does feel like we've lost a little bit of dynamism, and it does feel that um, I don't know if. It feels. It felt to me that teams may be coming onto us a little bit more. Because, I mean, they've got Hector Bellerin to worry about. Of course, they have. But um, I think having the two of them gave gave left gave a left back even more of a problem. Mm. Talk to me about uh, Alex Iwobi. What, what, what's your uh, What are your thoughts on this young man? Oh, yeah. That was a very <laughs> that was a very aroused. Oh. I say make. Um, I think someone said this week. Make Niger- uh, make Arsenal Nigerian again. Mm. Um, is I. I mean I. I love him for for lots of sentimental reasons, of course, um, being being Nigerian. Um, but he's 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 got balance. He's got strength. Um, the way he's taken to the way he takes to playing number ten when when the um, Ozil's not there. Mm. I think is really encouraging. He was fantastic against Swansea. Always trying to make always trying to make things happen. Um, it does look to me a little bit like, like with the shooting. It does look a little bit like there's a there's a there's, that he's a confidence player, which makes him about the most. You know, that's the most. He's he's a, he's very much an Arsene player. Do you know what I mean? Sure. When, I mean, when, yeah. I mean, do you think because when you see him interviewed, right, he's really grounded, really down to earth, really humble. He comes from this amazing footballing legacy with with JJ Okocha, obviously, uh, yeah. who he's held up as a you know a big. A, big influence for him in his career but when you see him he's sort of still you get the impression that he still can't quite believe that he is where he is and do you think that in some ways has a little bit of influence over how he how he plays that sometimes these little dips in form or he doesn't quite yeah. have the self-belief yet yeah i mean if you think about other if you think about other youngsters that have been thrust so much into the limelight, Cesc being the obvious example, but Hector Bellerin being another one, they look sound and feel like they belong there. And so I completely agree with you. I think sometimes he's looking around at what he's doing there, which is why a goal or two and a run or two in the side, unfortunately he's at an age now where he's not, he's not going to, he's not going to, because of the players around him, he's not going to, It'll take a lot for him to actually influence how the games pan out. Yeah. You know, so um, a couple of those, and I think he'll start feeling like he belongs there. You know what I mean? It's like a one-two with Alexis that ends with a... One-two with Alexis that ends with a goal, and they come over and say... You know what I mean? And he's been the architect of it. You just feel that... When you're watching from the stand, you just feel like that's what's kind of needed. And he's still in that position where he's always the player that comes off. So um, I always wonder what that does to the confidence of a of, of a player if you know that your number is going to you know it's going to be you. So you've got a certain amount of time to try to to to, to try and influence things further. So, yeah. But um, but I mean he's such a he's such an amazing he's such an amazing talent, um, and 
he's I say he's so strong. He's got that weird he's got a weird thing he does with his hands. Yeah. When he's running, you know what I mean? But um Touch of the jazz hands. Dang- yeah, 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 he's got the jazz hands. I'm doing it as I'm talking to you, which makes makes for great radio. Yeah, I'm doing it um, too. Everyone can just visualise <laughs> it. <laughs> when you're smiling. <laughs> um, he's kind of, you know, he's... But he's strong. He's got, you know, he's got, he's got a good African backside. He doesn't get knocked off the, he, he, he doesn't get knocked off the ball, and he's just re- he's really exciting to watch. I don't think. I mean, he's obviously got to go and do his apprenticeship mm. um, out on the flanks, which, um, which, you know, which every single player who ever comes into this team has to do. Um, but he's just super exciting to watch, and I think that. I can imagine if he stays, if he grows with the side like he should do, like Hector should do, then the time will the time will come when Özil moves on, mm. of course, or retires, and he'll be he could quite easily step into um, into that into that role, not for a good few years yet, but yeah. with confidence, he's got the ability to do that. Absolutely, and look, he's got the the potential. You know, obviously, he's got to stay fit and he's got to continue his development. I, I wouldn't have any worries about him in terms of how hard he's going to work or, or how much he's going to try and grasp the opportunity. But if he can stay fit, he's got the potential to be one of the greatest, one of the best products from our academy for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and it does feel, it's certainly not an ability issue, um, which it never seems to be. Uh, I mean, if you, if you break into the Arsenal team like that, then, then it's certainly not going to be an ability thing. It's like mm. it's having the confidence and a, and a word please for the you know a word please for the manager again. When these things, Alex Iwobi happens at Arsenal because of Arsene Wenger. Alex Iwobi doesn't happen in the in the in the top six clubs um, anywhere else. Maybe that's not so true anymore. You could argue that Pochettino's got uh, Pochettino's mm. quite good at doing that. Um, but you know, Bellerin, Bellerin, Iwobi, and the people before them have happened because when the manager decides that he's got confidence in you, then he puts you in the side. Yeah. And I, I just, I just, th- I just always think, oh, you know, we, I mean, me and you've talked about this before and for all his, you know, for all his faults and for his stubbornness and everything, this is one of the reasons why even in the, in the wilderness years and in, in project, you know, when project youth was, 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 was troubling us all, there was still a reason and excitement to go to the ground because you're going to go and see these players and get to get to get to feel a kinship with them. That perhaps wouldn't happen. Certainly wouldn't happen uh, at Chelsea under that terrible ass. Um, <laughs> and still struggles to happen now. Yeah, true. So look, we're in a period of a strange, I think a kind of a strange period of the season where there's obviously these big games still to come. We've got Chelsea away, we've got Tottenham away, we've got Liverpool away, we've got to, we've got to f- uh, face both Manchester sides at home between now and the end of the season. But, you know, for the, for the last couple of weeks, you know, you've got Swansea and Bournemouth and, okay, we made a pig's ear of, uh, of of Bournemouth um, but you know Swansea we've got Burnley the next uh, league game is Watford um, yeah. th- this is the this is the bread and butter though before we do play those big games um, and uh, and these are the games that we got to win that sounded a little bit like the dreaded easy running uh, conversation which you had, had I mean we made such a bollocks of of Bournemouth and we tried really hard to make a bollocks of Swansea for the first half hour. Mm. So, um, so that, you know, so that's, 
there's definitely a there's definitely a problem with how we're starting at the moment. Uh, I know that Giroud said something about it the other day. Burnley, I'm hoping you know Burnley Burnley have taken I think is it 23 or 20 23 or 25 points at home this season and are hopeless away from home. So hopefully yeah. we can hopefully we can um, we can kind of make capital there. Um, sh- and 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 Watford. Um, Watford aren't playing as well as they have done in previous seasons. Um, I'm laughing if that was actually. Is that your is that your celeriac delivery? I don't know if that is my vegetable <laughs> delivery or not, um, Andrew. But uh, sorry, Andrew, I'm going to have to let him in. Sorry, hold on. Yeah, no worries. Oh my god, my vegetable deliveries come. Um, how uh, well? How very Arsenal actually? Yes, how very indeed. Arsenal is that? My my vegetable deliveries come. But no, um, look, we have got these. I think all it says more than anything is that we've just got to. We got to put these points away because we've got more tricky games to come, and 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 it seems to happen around this time. And we have our injury crisis and so on. Everything seems. Everything feels so vital mm. that, and it can't help us. It certainly doesn't help us at home when there's that anxiety, when, when, normal, when normal draws, because you know what, guess what, teams draw sometimes. Normal draws end up feeling like a disaster because we haven't left ourselves any wiggle room. So yeah. dropping two points against Bournemouth itself isn't a problem. I really don't, no, I don't think it's annoying, but you know, Bournemouth are at home in a small ground on, around the Christmas period after we played you know, two days before. That can happen. But it just, it's just the pressure almost that it creates on the players and the fans at other times. And and we're not that good at pressure. Mm. So that's what kind of bothers me. We're not that kind of, we're not that good when people are on our, you know, when, when, when people are on our backs, when mm. there's a pressure on the team to perform. We're not, we're not great at that. Other teams, other teams put other teams away, if that makes sense. Other teams put small teams away or get a draw when they need to. The fact that we've struggled so much in big games over the last few years is another example of that. Yeah, I think it, I think it's going to come down to the big games. So I think you know these five games against those those top clubs is uh, is going to be what what really defines the season. But look, finally, uh, Marco van Basten talking about some rule changes in football. Uh, wants to do away with offside, uh, uh, maximum foul limits, uh, sin bins. Um, any any rule off the top of your head that you would introduce if you had that power? If FIFA came to you and said, "Let's do this one thing," what would it be? Stocks at half time to put Mike Dean in on the regular. <laughs> I think you know, um, and I've made to watch that. If the refs could be made to sit and watch their decision again then we could sort of like Roman emperors kind of thumb up or thumb down to see whether you know they they're allowed off the chair or they got put into some gunk or fed to the lions mm. um, a little bit more seriously the th- I mean it's been said before but the very speed of the very speed of uh, the the fact that something happens and you can text someone at home and say is that a, was that a gold or was that a, and someone can tell you straight away you've just got to have some kind of a, some video. Uh, yeah, feedback, some fourth official feedback. But as far as um, offsides and stuff go, 
Um, I think Arsene gave um, a typically brilliant answer to that question about, you know, defence cause, defence create a problem, attack mm. then, you know, the game evolves, so attack can then go and um, arrange a way of, uh, sort out a way of getting around that and then defence creates another problem. Yeah. That's the game, that's the intelligence of the game. So yeah, let's not, you know, let's, 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 not, let's not do away with that at all. Um, but yeah, just the, the 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 video thing that has been said before. I like football as it is, don't you? Yeah, I like football. I'm, look, I'm open to change as well, you know. But it has to be something that's really for the improvement of the game, and not like your suggestion of putting Mike Dean in stocks, which would be fantastic television, but not necessarily uh, the best thing for football itself. Although I, you know, in principle, oh. I don't have any issue with that either, you know. I'll concede that. I'll All concede right. that point. All right. I'll well, listen, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a pleasure as always. And, and thank you. I should uh, say thank you uh, for uh, combining your time with talking to me and also doing the dishes at the same time. It's it's very much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on as ever, Andrew. And I'll speak to you soon. Will do. Thank you. You know where to find him on Twitter, at DJ Tayo, at DJ Tayo. And thank you very much indeed to him. And I hope his uh, vegetable delivery was was everything that he hoped for. I know we live in a modern, convenient world, but vegetable delivery, I still have to go to the shops to get mine. Maybe that's just a Dublin thing. Maybe we're a couple of years behind the bright lights of London. We'll get there sooner or later. So look, we're playing um, Burnley on Sunday. That's right, Sunday, uh, 2 o'clock or quarter past 2 kickoff, I think it is. And of course, um, as we found out from the press comments, it's very important that we don't drop points against Burnley because we should win the game against Burnley because that would be that would be good. And if we didn't win, that would be, that would be bad. I think that's the gist of, of what, yeah, that the questioning from the press conferences you know it's opened my mind expanded my horizons to new things new ways of thinking it's like oh my god that had never even occurred to me until that guy asked that question well they haven't been very good on the road Burnley got a lot of points at home but not too many points away from home and if you remember when we played them at their place it was a very very late handbally goal from Lauren Koscielny that got us three points. So I suspect we're in for another tough afternoon, a team that is going to come and sit deep and defend stoutly and defend vigorously and not give us space, and we are going to find it probably relatively tough to break down. And it's one of those games where you feel like an early goal would be a good thing because ultimately then they do have to come out and play at some point. They're not going to necessarily change their approach hugely, but they will, if they want to get anything out of the game, uh, have to come and uh, play a little bit. So if we could do that, if we could get an early goal, that would be great. Uh, Team news, still no Theo Walcott. He's got the uh, coffee squits. I believe that's what it is. But Francis Coquelin, Hector Bellerin, and Kieran Gibbs are back in the squad and ready to go, ready to be selected if the manager so desires. Uh, So Bellerin obviously will go back in at right back. Whether he plays Coquelin remains to be seen. I would like, uh, given the opposition that we're playing, to see Xhaka and Ramsey again, have another go, try and build their partnership a little bit more. Um... I think, you know, when you're playing at home against a team that doesn't really or probably isn't going to have the ambition to come out, do you really need a really deep, deep-lying defensive midfielder? I'm not sure that you do. Maybe late in the game, if, you're, if you've only got a, a single-goal lead, you might want to bring somebody like that on, but uh, maybe not to start with. Um, up front, it'll probably be uh, Giroud, 
I think. His goal-scoring form has been very good, which means Alexis on the left. Maybe Iwobi on the right. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, the way those uh, front players are playing at the moment, uh, you've got to be fairly confident that we've got goals in us. So um, not a lot to say about the game. Things start getting a little bit interesting after next week, of course. We've got FA Cup. Then we've got a Premier League game against Watford. Then we've got that big game against Chelsea. Uh, and Champions League starts up again. And it all starts getting a bit more intense. This feels like almost a, a mid-season lull. But we can't let ourselves fall into that. We have to take the three points on Sunday to make sure that if and when we do get something uh, against Chelsea, that it's, uh, it's a significant result. But look, one step at a time. Let's hope we've got what it takes to do what we need to do on Sunday. Sunday. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week with another Arscast. James and I, of course, will be here on Monday with an Arscast Extra, looking back on everything that happened at the weekend. Uh, let's hope you have a good one. Let's hope we all have a good one. And we're all in uh, goodly spirits come Monday morning. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.